Welcome to the Nurturing Podcast, where early childhood is the priority. In our podcast, renowned experts from around the world share actionable tips and techniques, experiences, and best practices for educators and parents. Welcome to part two of our discussion with Ms. Kavita Sangvi. In our previous discussion in episode number two, we talked about how to use storytelling to enhance learning, importance of life skills, aligning your curriculum to UN sustainable goals, and importance of industry-teacher interactions. If you missed part one of our discussion, please check out episode number two of the Nurturing Podcast. Today, we will talk more on how to be a better teacher, typical challenges of running a school, and how to overcome them. And most importantly, how to enhance a teacher-parent relationship for the benefit of our children. So let's get started. Welcome back, Ms. Kavita. A lot of our educators who listen to our podcast aspire to be among the best. Ms. Kavita, you are among Varki Foundation's top 50 global teachers. What is your advice for all our teacher listeners here? So for the Waki teacher, I was fortunate enough to be selected. And I guess it because the kind of work that I was doing. So I had been doing a lot of work in experiential based learning. And that was appreciated by the people. So when I, all my request is that to teachers is that we all have the same content. But how you deliver the content is upon you. And that can only happen if you are in sync with what is happening around the rest of the world. So once again, I'll just say that if you want to be among the top, then you keep need to keep on updating yourself. There is no stopping to it. And keep on trying new strategies, new methodologies. We all have the same content. We all have the same time limits. But a passionate teacher can make a huge difference. That's all I have my request is be passionate and keep on learning. Be passionate and keep on learning. That is really powerful message for all the listeners here, ma'am. Thank you, Ms. Kavita, for that. So... Running a school is a huge task. Please tell us about your top three challenges and how do you tackle them? So the first challenge is that, again, as I said about deep learning, it's difficult to get all the educators, all the teachers on the same page because some believe with you, some will walk with you, some will judge you, some will question you. So that becomes a little difficult and that is why I try to take regular workshops. But... That again, you know, for them to believe in you that what you're saying is, is relevant at times can be challenging. So that's one of the risks is to make sure that all the teachers are, are also growing with you. And the task is that today's uh, students, what happens is that most of them go for tuitions, whether you like it or not. The, the system is completely on marks. It's not on concept-based learning. And to get students to be interested in learning the subject for the joy of learning and not for marks, that is a challenge. And we're competing with, you know, people outside who says, I'll get you 100 and 100. But 100 and 100 means nothing if you do not know anything. We cannot apply that concept to a real life situation. So that is the second challenge we face is that, you know, move from a mark oriented to a skill oriented curriculum. And the third is that ensuring that every other stakeholder is on the same page as you are. So that is most top three challenges we normally face. And how I tackle them is basically 
With the teachers, I hold regular workshops. I keep sending them outside also for a lot of workshops because when, sometimes when you don't, they don't believe you, they can believe somebody else. With the second one, the number of activities have increased because if we cannot do much on the submitted paper, at least on the formative sides, we're making them think critically. So that is why all our papers, our projects, every single worksheet here goes through me. All the project sheets because I want them to be completely application-based. And uh, as I said, all of us being on the same page, that is why we have a regular meetings. And we talk to each other, we discuss with each other, and we try to see what we can take from each other. So there's a lot of give and take. So at times, if I can give you this, you can give me this. So this is most, this is the kind of relation that we have with all our people. Great. These are wonderful three points. Keep learning. Move from a marks-based education to a skill-based education. And be all on the same page. And I think if these three recommendations are followed, we will have a great school. Yes. So what are some of the resources that you tap into that our listeners can also access to practice these three points that you just called out? So for learning, I tell you, um, I do a lot, of, a lot of training. I myself am a trainer, British Council trainer and a cup trainer. So I keep on reading a lot. So if you get a chance, go on to British Council's um, online resources. They have excellent resources. Go on to Scientix. Go on to European Schoolnet because they have a lot of free online MOOC courses. So while you're studying also, while you're teaching, you can do some two, three hours of studying every week and update yourself. And they are all free of cost. And you get a certificate at the end of it. So Scientix, European Schoolnet, National Geographic also has their training. They've begun the training. And if you go around, right now, recently, I'm doing a STEM workshop, STEM training from New York Academy of Science. So you can log on to all these sites and try getting a chance to do an online MOOC course. These are some wonderful resources that you have just called out. Dear listeners, we've added links to these resources in our podcast transcript below. Do check them out today. I, w- I wish they would because it is free, of course, and you are not tapping on that. Oh, absolutely. There is so much around and finding something valuable that can really help engage and improve our skills. That's perfect. So moving on to our next question. Uh, we often hear from school owners that hiring and managing staff is one of their biggest challenges. Uh, you also touched upon the topic of attrition. What are the key characteristics that you look in a teacher before hiring them? Whenever I go and interview a teacher, my first thing is, how lively is the teacher? So if she's animated and she's, you know, um, making gestures and using her hands and uses her expressions, then I know that the class is also going to receive the same. Because you have a teacher standing in front of you for 35, 40 minutes and she's going to be just so dead. Who's going to look at her? The teacher is interested in herself and, you know, expressing herself. And if she's, she is lively, then you are automatically going to enjoy being with her, with her or him. So I think first thing is I look at how lively the teacher is. Second thing, when I talk to them, I just see whether they are open to learning. Because most teachers, when they come, they don't want, they feel they they know everything. I have done 20 years of board paper correction. I have done 15 years of board paper correction. I'm not interested. I'm interested in knowing that, can you unlearn and relearn? So I look for people who are 
having an attitude where they are open to learning. So that open to learning, lively, passionate, drives me. Obviously, when we call them, we've already seen that they are qualified. They have their respective degrees as per state regulations. So if they're going to be teaching higher classes like ISE, they need to have the master's. If they need to be teaching the primary section, they need to have their bachelor's and B.Ed. So those things we definitely look into before calling the teachers. But when they come in, the primary thing is, are you active? Are you passionate? And are you able to unlearn and relearn? Very valuable tips here. So who would you like never hire? <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never try to hire a teacher who says, I know everything. I don't think, even if the teacher is very, very serious and is extremely strict and stern looking, I don't want that teacher in my class. Because today you have to create a rapport with the child and the rapport is most important. You know, today it doesn't matter if the child is a 50% or a 60%, the child might go out in the world and do something fantastic and be really successful in life. So that is not important. But is a child confident enough to go out in the world and do that is most important. So for me, it's like, if you are stern and strict, then I don't need you in my school. Uh, sadly enough, I definitely remember a few of my teachers who probably fall in that category. So I can understand firmness. Firmness <laughs> is different. Strictness is different. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so energy is contagious. So your energy as a teacher will drive the energy of the classroom. Exactly. So. So diving a little bit deeper into a classroom, based on a lot of research that we do at Soko World, we found that a classroom design matters a lot in how effectively the children develop and learn. How do you think about design at your school? Design is extremely important. Like I try telling the teachers, like some of the classrooms that these teachers keep changing the design every one month, and I really appreciate those teachers. There's some teachers who still go to the theater style, and it's difficult to change. Also because we are a shift school system, so the minute secondary moves out and the primary comes in, there's a gap of just five minutes. Mm -hmm. So changing the arrangement becomes a challenge. So we do know our you know, challenges. We do know that we are uh, two schools operating in one building. So there are certain constrictions. But yes, design in a sense, we have every, between every classrooms, two sides wing A and B, we have a huge foyer in between. So the foyers help us a lot for the students to come out and, you know, express themselves and run around and play around. So those spaces is very important. And we are fortunate that we have four music rooms and five playgrounds. So that, again, the design supports us. Within the classroom, as I said, we come with a challenge with 40 students and a single room. That is something which I would love to change. Okay. Uh, so the next question is on technology. At Soko World, our aim is to help teachers and parents meaningfully engage to drive the development of a child. From simple things like sharing messages, pictures, to tracking learning milestones and ensuring a child's safety. In our discussion, we've spoken a lot about technology and how it is impacting how teachers teach and how children learn. But do you also see it impacting how schools and educators engage with parents? How do you see technology playing a role in engaging the parents in the day-to-day -day learning aspects or keeping them informed and, and whatnot? So I'll tell you right now, we have our website. 
we have our own Facebook page. So today, just today we have the play school annual day. So again, immediately the photographs will go up on the Facebook page. So the parents are in sync and they have everything at their hands. So there is immediate, you know, and they'll respond back to us. So there's immediate feedback. So technology has brought us closer that way. And we have our own school portal where every single PowerPoint, worksheets, uh, revision papers, all that gets uploaded for the parents to download. Also announcements. So we've stopped every circular since a long time. Everything is on the portal to technology. So now no parent can say that I was out of town, did not see this. Everything is on their mobile, immediately given to them. You just have, have an orientation and the next within one hour, the presentation is on your mobile. So this is what now, how interactive and engaged we become with our own parents, where they can ask you anything at any time and we are responding to them. So I think technology has brought us closer also because nobody can say now I have to go back to school, wait for an appointment, then come to know things. No, you already know everything. So it has brought us much closer. Great. And, and that's a very valid observation. Uh, we've also heard the other side of the story. So do you see that it is becoming a challenge for teachers to keep up? I, what I really don't like are the WhatsApp groups that the parents found and then one small concern and then they'll just pass it to the whole school and you know the whole school is talking about something which has happened to relative one child and it, it just goes I don't know a little grapevine and things just get added added which is doesn't make sense mm -hmm. so yes we have seen that pitfalls and then we respectively call the parent and say what did you gain out of it what is your see have you seen the future now will the teacher be that comfortable with you in the future so what have you gained out of it so we do have this kind of one-to-one -one direct talk with our parents to make them understand that if you have a problem, come and meet us face-to-face. -face. A WhatsApp group is not going to solve a single thing. Absolutely. But you know, we do that and we do address the parents from time to time. And every orientation I've spoken to them. But I tell you what, majority parents are very nice. It's only that one or two. And then I guess over a period of time, the other parents also realize that this is just one or two parents who's going to make life difficult. And they ignore them also over time. Mm -hmm. I, as a parent... Of course, know my group really well. <laughs> yeah. So you just know that this is the kind of person okay, it is. Absolutely. And this was one of the main reasons why we built the Soko World app. To ensure communication is constructive and not, you know, derailed by anyone or just one. We have seen parents in schools using Soko World for, form much better relationships. Stay on the same page. Avoid confusions and, and partner together in what's better for the child. In addition to solving for all the administrative nightmares that both schools and parents have. I think as a parent, as we are now being exposed to more and more information or as we are now being exposed to much more of the classroom that my child spends his or her time in, it's our responsibility as well to be able to use technology in a way that we are not just making it a kind, kind of a never-ending expedition to know more, but be able to use it in a way that we are actually able to help contribute to the child's learning. After all, you know, that is our main objective. Exactly. So I guess this, this pre regular orientation to have, I speak to them about the same thing. And I, 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 apart from one or two who work every small thing, show me a CCTV recording, what child is this child is done with another child. It's not important. Kids will hit each other no matter what you do. That's how they're going to grow. And you need to empower your child. 
in the break time, nobody's going to be supervising anybody. It's that time that 15 minutes that children will have with each other with themselves. So you yep. need to learn to trust the child, make the child stronger. You cannot be there for the child every time. And we need to tell the parents that. Make them stronger. Um, a very important mes message there. Parents, please trust your children. Give them that space to face challenges. That's how they will grow stronger and better. So we are coming closer to our last two questions now. Ms. Kavita, this discussion has been really informative for me. Uh, I have so many more ideas on how, on how to continue my learning journey and make a better impact in the early childhood space. So thank you for sharing your thoughts here. Thank you so much. Um, so moving to our next question. What are your top three tips that you would give people who want to open a school or become a teacher? So first one, if you want to open a school, know something about education yourself. And hire, if you have not, hire people who are educationists and let them take those decisions themselves. Because maximum you see now, you know, you have people who are not educationists opening schools and they do not know what curriculum, teaching, everything is all about. So hire these experts and learn to trust them. Second thing is that when you open a school, it is understand the ethos is for making students grow, making your teachers grow, making sure that you are contributing to the community. So it's not commercial center, but it's more of social center. And if you really realize that, then you will realize that you have a lot of responsibility of giving back to the community. And the third one is that when you open a school, make sure that you have visions which are not just five years or 10 years, but visions of long-term visions as to how I'm going to be taking the school mile to mile. That's very, very important. Absolutely. For a teacher, I would say that uh, just when you enter a school, even if you enter the best school in the world, your journey is not stopped. The journey has just begun. So now is the time for you to understand that when you enter the place, it is not for any kind of gossip, but it is something for you to learn from each other be open to be criticism, feedback, because if it's your first year, you will have to unlearn and relearn. You will have to adjust to every school institution has their own philosophy. You have to adapt to new philosophies. And as I said before also, keep on growing. Um, absolutely. So, so we are now to the last question, Ms. Kavita. What are the top tips you would give parents that are looking for a school or a care center for their children? The first tip is that if you're looking for a school, the first question you should ask when you are looking for a school is, are the students happy to go to school? So don't go for marks, go for are the children happy to go back to school? And if they're happy, that means something right is happening there. Second tip is, are the teachers changing or are the teachers constant? The minute you get that answer, you will know exactly about the management and the other aspects. So. You will know if teachers are constant, then it is one of the best schools to put your child in. They're happy and happy teachers make happy classrooms. And the third important thing is how many, is it giving you holistic education or is it only focusing on academics or only on activities? Does it give you a combined thing of all of these things and when the child can play? Because in Mumbai, it's very, very difficult to find places where people can play. But if people can play, children can play, that's where the energy gets expended off. And they can then go back to class and be completely focused on the academics. So that is most important three things. Is the child happy? Are the teachers consistent? And third is, 
is it giving you exposure to both academic and non-academic activities? These are very fundamental and very important points that a parent should be looking for. So all the parents that are listening to us, please do keep these three points in mind. So Ms. Kavita, we are at the end of our podcast today. It has been wonderful talking to you and we've had a very insightful discussion that has given me a lot of food for thought. Any last comments or messages that you want to give our audience? No, I guess just that education is dynamic, education is changing all the time, just to be ready for all changes at any time. That's all. This is perfect, Ms. Kavita. Thank you for being us with us today and sharing your life learnings with us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you as well. We look forward to our next conversation soon. Thank you so much, Arjun. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Nurturing Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Soko World, an all-in-one platform for preschools, daycares, and parents. Our mission at Soko World is to create super schools and super parents that are aware and engaged meaningfully to deliver better development and learning outcomes for children from zero to six years. To access our other podcasts and helpful resources, download our app Soko World, that is S-O-C-O World from your app store or visit blog.sokoworld.com. Again, S-O-C-O world.com do subscribe to our newsletter so you can get news resources articles and templates delivered directly to you to help you with your daily work and challenges thank you again for being such an amazing audience stay tuned